Becoming High Maintenance, or not, by Heather Platt. Tenderness and fierceness, they seem to be opposite, and yet, surprisingly, they often go hand in hand. I first learned that lesson years ago, growing up on the farm, whenever a new mom, a cow, pig, sheep, chicken, or goose, would suddenly become aggressive in their efforts to protect their young. One moment, they'd be charging at any intruders, and the next moment, they'd be tenderly caring for their newborn. Their fierceness created a safe space for their tenderness. I've been writing about, and experimenting with, tenderness lately. Watch for a new ebook and day retreat early in the new year. And I'm being reminded once again that in order to be tender, we must also be fierce. In order to be soft, we must also be strong. And in order to be vulnerable, we must also have boundaries. Fierceness serves as a guardian for tenderness. Boundaries create a safe container for vulnerability. In recent years, I have become both softer and stronger than I ever was before. Age, maturity, self-love, and a healthy dose of therapy have brought with them increased clarity about what I want and need, where my boundaries need to be, what triggers me, what wounds are still tender and need protection, what I value, what I will or will not put up with, and where and when I need to be fierce. I am more intentional about guarding my energy, more protective and tender with myself when I feel deep emotions, less tolerant of abusive behavior, and more willing to say no to what doesn't feel good and or align with my values. Surprisingly, this pandemic period, with its social isolation and slower pace, has increased that clarity even further. Many hours of solitude, especially as my daughters move out, have helped me become more discerning about what I want and need in my life. It turns out, for example, that I really enjoy my own company and I'm not very willing to give up my solitude unless the alternative enriches my life in some way. It's not that I don't like other people's company. I do, but I'm trusting myself more to choose those relationships and opportunities that honor my tenderness and to say a firm and sometimes fierce no to those that don't. Like a mother goose hissing at intruders while she tucks her goslings under her wings, I am using my strength to protect my tenderness. I am learning to be my own mother. Because healing and growth are never linear and the healing of a wound sometimes reveals something deeper that needs attention, I've discovered that there's an interesting side effect of this increased clarity and self-love. The more I learn to clarify my wants, needs, and boundaries, and the more tender and fierce I become, the more it brings out the voices, mostly internal but sometimes external, that want to convince me that I'm becoming high-maintenance, selfish, self-absorbed, demanding, needy, full of myself, hard to please, overly emotional, picky, difficult, and or overly particular. I have a lot of scripts in my head about why this isn't the kind of person I should become. There is a lot of disdain in my family of origin and my culture about people who demand too much and focus too much on their own needs, 
especially if those people are women. I spent many years of my life believing that the best kind of person was the one who accepted their circumstances without complaint, didn't raise a fuss when other people were unkind to them, didn't ask for too much, didn't waste time in self-pity, wasn't overly emotional, and was self-sacrificial in service to other people. In short, the ideal was always to be nice, calm, and agreeable. It wasn't acceptable to either be too tender or too fierce. As a result of all those internalized standards of goodness, I put up with abuse for far longer than I should have. I spent far too much time trying to keep other people happy, and I tried to prove how tough I was by stuffing down a lot of emotions and needs. Because I didn't think I was allowed to make a fuss, my boundaries were crossed again and again, and I tolerated it because I thought that's what it meant to be a good person. In essence, I abandoned myself in service to other people. It's hard to change those scripts when they're so deeply ingrained in one's psyche. In my case, and maybe in yours, they're particularly related to gender and religion, but they're also present in the broader culture. Think about all of the times we've joked about celebrities who expect special things in their backstage dressing rooms, like a bowl full of M&Ms with all the brown ones removed, or about those who get mad when media cameras invade their privacy. Every time we hear jokes like that, we internalize the message that to ask for too much or to ask people to respect our boundaries is to become self-absorbed and a diva. But who are those scripts about what it means to be nice, agreeable, and calm really in service to? They are not in service to me or to you. They are not in service to my children, the people I work with, or the people who benefit from my work. They are not in service to anyone I love and am in community with. Those scripts are only in service to those who have something to gain from our silence, our compliance, and our willingness to put up with abuse. They are in service to those who want to maintain power over us, who benefit from our disempowerment, and who make money off our lack of self-worth. They are in service to oppressors, abusers, and manipulators. To be of service to our children, our beloveds, our community members, and ourselves, we are much better off when we know ourselves well when we have clear boundaries, when we refuse to put up with abuse, when we commit to our own healing, and when we learn to articulate our needs and desires. To be of service, we need full access to both our fierceness and our tenderness. Despite the voices that want me to believe I am becoming high maintenance, I have found that this increased clarity about myself gives me increased clarity about my work, helps me be a better mother to my daughters, protects my energy for the things and people that are important to me, and makes me stronger and more well-resourced. My increased fierceness and my increased tenderness benefit both me and my community. To be in strong, healthy, and loving relationships is not to abandon yourself for other people. Quite the opposite, in fact. I've learned a surprising thing from raising daughters into adulthood. 
If I abandon myself, I am less trustworthy to other people. If I abandon myself, they can't be certain I won't abandon them. Those who witness me allowing abuse to happen to myself will have reason to believe that I will allow abuse to happen to them too. I know this because I have been in some hard healing conversations about this very thing. My people need me to be both fierce and tender on their behalf and on my behalf. They need to know that I'll show up like the mother goose who won't let harm come to herself or her little goslings. Ultimately, those relationships with strong social contracts rooted in deep respect and care for each other's needs, boundaries, and wounds are much more beneficial for all involved than those relationships where people abandon themselves for each other. I don't call that high maintenance. I call it holding space. It's a practice that is both fierce and tender.